Hello, and welcome to A Couple of Crickets podcast. Um, I'm Littlebox, and I am a cricket. I'm Goodell. I am also a cricket. And this is our very first episode. Uh, since this is our first episode of the podcast, we're not exactly sure what the format of the show will be, so um, we're going to experiment a little bit these next couple episodes. Today, we're going to be talking about animation, since that's a subject I think we're both somewhat well acquainted with and um i think uh good all you have some um you got some history of animation well sure so what i was thinking about doing is uh we could talk about sort of um the innovation within animation as well as animation itself as a form of innovation by which i mean all of animation throughout its entire existence has always been uh, you know, pushing the boundaries of what we could do. I mean, f- animation existed before film even did in the form of, you know, flip books and other, other things that we can talk about later. But the thing is, animation, as compared to film, lets you do a lot of things that, uh, say, f- footage of actors could never really do. And I mean, now, sure, we have, uh, you know, visual effects and things like that, but that in itself is a form of animation. So, you know, I want to talk about how uh, animation is innovative, and then you, I think, said you wanted to talk a little bit about how that affects us. I mean, we are both animators as well, so yeah, talk um, a little for, bit about... For those of you who don't know, um, Goodell and I are both part of a collective uh, called Flow Downstream, and um, it's kind of a kind of a surrealist compilation. Uh, what we do is, us and um, several other very talented animators, we come up with a theme, and we animate whatever we feel corresponds to that theme and together we put it into about a 10 or 11 minute episode and see i'm glad that you called it surreal as well because surrealism is another thing i'd like to touch on here especially uh within our own animation i know that uh for example in the third lip heads there's some definite uh just stream of consciousness kind of stuff going on if you know what i mean and um so I, I'd like to talk about that as well because I think that that is also pretty important to our own work as well as animation as a whole. Yeah, and um, um, Lipheads is an animation, a kind of series that I've been working on since last year. I made a few animations last year, but this year I'm, I'm planning on making a lot more of those. So for those of you who don't know anything about us, that's that's what that is. Yep. All right, do you have anything else that you wanted to just give a cursory look over before we really get into it um well, I'm working on a, a feature film I'm working on a feature film called talentless uh, it's a it's a huge project huge undertaking but I'm really excited for it I have a production blog up if you go up to my recently set up website littlebox.com there should be a link in the top I'm gonna do that right now alrighty I didn't know and I should um I'll have to link to to this podcast on the website too. Yeah, I just got it about a week ago. Oh, cool. Mine actually just shut down a week ago. So. <laughs> oh, hey, how about that? <laughs> All right. Anything else? Yeah. Anything? Anything you want to say before we get started? No, I think I pretty much covered my bases. Alrighty. So, let's get rolling. Okay. So the first thing that I did want to talk about is. Uh, like I was saying, animation is a form of innovation. I did briefly touch on the idea that animation existed even before film did in a number of ways. Uh, the first and most obvious is like flipbooks. So, um, you know, that's kind of where animation begins as a practice, which uh, I think is pretty interesting. Just 
because even now I'm still kind of me- mesmerized by flip books. I think the whole concept is really fun. But yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> I tried making several in middle school, and they, they all really turned out like crap. But yeah, the flip books that I've seen that, that were good were really good. Yeah, see, I never put a whole lot of work into a flip book, but I think if you do, they can turn out very cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, um, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, I don't know exactly what they're called, but there used to be these things that, uh, worked almost similarly to a a music box in which there was some sort of crank that, uh, rotated something that created a multi-frame animation. Yeah, Uh, I know what you're talking about. It was, it was kind of like a a house novelty kind of thing. There was like a light that would shine through a hole and you'd crank it and it looks like the, the images would spin in a circle. Right. And through the people that you're looking at, it looked like it was one moving image. Right, exactly. And I think uh, I think that's really cool, too, because that's uh, sort of a, a foreshadowing of things to come for animation. And yeah, it, it really is amazing like how even before we had film or animation as we know it today, there, there were thousands of years ago, they were still trying to somewhat mimic moving images. And it's R- amazing what people would do to try and create that illusion yeah see what's interesting about that is it's almost as though it's a uh a you know part of the human foundation is to want to create uh sort of automatons or you know animation in this sense just you know a desire to create i mean movies you know what i mean and there always has been and i think that's really fascinating too so I don't know, um, do you know exactly when animation started? Because I know film started about 1880s, 1890s is when film really took off. Um, was animation right about that time? Uh, well, so the, uh, the things that we were just talking about, I'm going to have a very hard time pronouncing this word, but phenakistoscope. Those existed <laughs> yeah, they had, as... like, crazy names for these things back for then. Sure. Like, because I, I took a film class when I was in junior year of high school, and they, before we even got into cameras, they had a bunch of, like, weird machines and instruments that they would try to mimic moving images, and they had come up with these insane names. Right. Yeah, so those existed as early as 1833, uh, but animation in the form that we know it, animated films, um, the first one that I am familiar with uh, and the thing is, this is probably not the very first animated film. There are probably earlier ones, but a lot of those that are talked about are called lost films, and we don't really have any... We don't actually have them. Uh, the first one that I know of that we do have is this uh, film from 1908. I want to say it's a couple minutes long, uh, maybe like seven minutes long, but that's kind of just a guess. I know it's pretty short, uh, but it's by this guy, Emil Cole. It's called Phantasmagory. And uh, I watched that when I was in high school, and I was blown away by it because it's. Uh, have you ever seen it? Yeah, and that the one where um, it like it starts out with one image, and that image kind of transitions into another, and another, and another. It does, kind of- but I but I think the the most important part about it is the whole thing is sort of uh, carried by his, by superimposed images of hands. And so the hands are coming in, and they're changing these lines that are yeah. moving in themselves, and they're transforming into different things. And it's a very, it's a very uh, bizarre piece that came out of a sort of a pre-Dada art movement, even like pre-surrealism, that 
sort of had the same foundations that surrealism and Dada had uh, in the sense that it's very bizarre to watch. It really doesn't make any sense, but that's kind of the point. It's a very, I mean, I, I've already used the phrase, uh, so I feel kind of repetitive, but it's very stream of consciousness in that sense. Yeah. It, it um, It's just like, here I have one shape, and then I've got my hands coming in, and that makes it into another shape. That shape changes into something, then my hands come back, and it doesn't seem like there was a whole lot of premeditation to it. It's a sort of, uh, in a very surrealist sense, it's just sort of the unconscious being projected and i and this I was this was that. one of the very first animations wasn't it so it's yeah like yeah this is surrealist animation before <laughs> there was any other kind of animation before so there really was even surrealism but no that's that's a very important point exactly that is that animation at its foundations is larger than life it's surreal it's absurd and and it's always been that way you know since its inception and that's what i was talking about before with animation being used to do things that i mean humans just couldn't do yeah uh one of my favorite early um animations i guess you can technically call it animation it's a stop motion and it's made by this russian director i can't remember the, his name for the life of me but um his work was an uh, inspiration on like wes anderson for movies like fantastic mr fox and his other stop motions but sure. he, he took he was most famous for taking dead insects and oh, turning yeah, them yeah. into characters. Yeah. And um, he had this one movie, and it was about a grasshopper that was a filmmaker. And um, this couple, this very dysfunctional couple, that the husband cheated on the wife and the wife cheated on the husband. And like they, it's, it's like a silent film, except it's carried out with all these, these moving insects. Right. And, yeah, you're talking um, about uh, the cameraman's revenge, right? Yeah, the cameraman's revenge. That's the, that's the name of it. Look it up on YouTube. Um, speed it up to like one and a half percent because um, it, it's it's a, it's a little choppy. But if you speed it up a little bit, it's it's hilarious. It really is. Yeah, yeah. That's I. That's kind of brilliant. I mean, it's a little morbid, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, see, it, it's it's just weird. It, it's kind of morbid, but at the same time, it's it's just hilarious. It adds a weird sense of humor to it. Right, and see, that's exactly what I'm talking about with, I, I mean, that is very innovative. I mean, who else would have been like, I'm going to take some dead bugs and make a movie with them? <laughs> Only the Russians. <laughs> oh, um, so when did uh, animation as we know it today, like as a, as a more plot-driven kind of thing, come into fruition? Uh, I want to say not for a while. There were probably a little bit of, I mean, like, kind of, you know, with that, there's certainly some sort of plot going on there, but I think uh, in the silent film era, it's uh, a little hard to to create full plots and things of that nature. Um, and I know for at least a while, even going into, like, the 1930s, there's um, uh, animations that are... I can't remember the name of the director at the moment. I wish I could find it, but it's uh, it's uh, just this series of photographs of a glass plane in which the, the animator was just taking paint and painting on the offside of the glass. Take a picture, change the paint a little bit, take a picture, and it's just like swirling colors. And, you know, I think that stuff is, is fascinating, beautiful, and really interesting. Uh, but as far as actual full plot-driven cartoons go, uh, I think we're looking into the you know late 1930s, 1940s, where studios like 
the Fleischer Studios, like Max Fleischer, started getting his work out there yeah. with, uh, you know, with the Bimbo cartoons and Betty Boop and stuff like yeah. that. I know Felix the Cat. He had um, a couple of like short animations in the twenties, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was actually just looking about something about that. Popular. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen twenty with the Pat Sullivan Studios. Felix Cat. Felix the Cat. Yeah. So, um, so I guess it's fair to say they'd been around for a while at the point that they really started to uh, go mainstream, in a sense. Yeah. But, um, you know, even even those are highly bizarre. And I think that just still just goes to extrapolate that point that all of animation is has always been absurd and you know, there's a, there's a point that I want to make about that later on. Remind me to talk about absurdity in modern animations when we get around to it. Duly noted. So anyway, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about Fleischer in particular now that we've brought him up? Fleischer. Well, I'm gonna do some quick research to sure, make sure. myself I, look smart here. Sure. So I'm talking in particular. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Bimbo cartoons. Uh, I was introduced to them through uh, Bimbo's Initiation, which is a... I believe it's entered the public domain now, and as a result of that, a lot of people have used it. Uh, particularly on YouTube, if you look up a lot of songs, the the song is set to a quote-unquote music video, and that music video is just Bimbo's Initiation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think I love that cartoon in particular. There's also one... Uh, I need to I need to look it up so I can find the name of it. But there is um, there is one bimbo video where he's uh, he's like babysitting his baby brother or something, and um, Betty Boop is in the apartment just across like outside of his window, and it's it's got the very first I swear it's the very first come over my parents aren't home joke that was ever made <laughs> and, <laughs> and when I saw that I could not stop laughing about that I thought it was incredible <laughs> that's awesome so it looks like animation in general kind of had a similar um, life span or lifetime of, of film in that it started out with short films that were kind of shown in theaters and, and then eventually they kind of evolved into uh, feature films. Um, I might be mistaken. Wasn't Disney the first one to make a, like a full-length animated feature film? You know what? I actually don't know. Uh, so it'd I think, be a um, good thing to know. But Snow I, White, I think, was the first one. I'm trying to trying to do research on a topic I don't know that well about. So let's see. Um, earliest. Yep, here we go. Yep, first full-length cell animated feature film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Came out in huh. 1937. And it was 83 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh So I guess that's pretty much the point that you can that you can uh, pin where animation started getting first of all very long and second, you know, very plot-driven. Yeah. So we should probably talk about about Disney and, and his influence on animation because it's sure. I, I think if no no other name besides Disney has the kind of I guess respect that his does in yeah. animation wise because yeah it's true wow. and I 
I frankly wonder how much of that is a result of uh, sort of the the modern, and by modern I mean going back a couple decades, but the modern Disney Corporation sort of monopoly on animation or near monopoly. Um, yeah. Because you know when you're when you're the pinnacle, you can kind of. Um, I mean, history's written by the winners, right? I mean, maybe if the if Fleischer Studios had, you know, made the first full-length animated cell, uh, cell animated film, maybe they would be the ones that we're talking about now. But oh, yeah. uh, but anyway, no, that's not to discredit uh, Disney and you know Walt Disney himself and the Disney Corporation's uh, c- contributions to animation as a medium because they're absolutely undeniable. Um. And I mean, they they started out the same way um, all those other series did. They did the little short cartoons that played yeah. before movies. Steamboat Willie. Yeah, <laughs> Steamboat <laughs> Willie. Um, and then and then it it grew from there. It really it really did. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite Disney film? Not really. Um, actually, I when I was when I was younger, I hated Disney. Oh Just yeah. Because for the fact that my my sister liked it. <laughs> and we would always have a we would always have a Disney movie playing in the house, right? And so I I would willingly like go on a strike against Disney. When I was seven, when I was seven, <laughs> I made sure I didn't want to see any Disney movies. Um, but recently, I decided that was kind of stupid. So I watched The Lion King and Mary Poppins for the first time um, just a couple weeks ago, actually, because we had it laying around and no one was watching it. So I was like, all right, let's watch it. And um, I thought it was all right. It it definitely um, Lion King in, in particular definitely follows a a formula. Actually, I was thinking about it recently. There aren't too many Disney movies that aren't already based off of another story, is there? Because you got yeah. like Snow White, um, Dumbo. I think Fantasia is an exception. You got Fantasia, but you know Little Mermaid, um, Robin Hood, Mary Poppins. Even some of the less all- obvious ones, Treasure Planet. Is based on oh, yeah. Treasure Island. Yeah, Treasure Island. Yeah. And um, um, well, yeah, and then and then I, I don't know too much about it, but I do know that Lion King is based on um, uh, on some particular character. Isn't it, isn't it like a Shakespearean kind of play? No, that's, that's, no, that's no. the feeling I was getting watching it. It's like I'm pretty sure this is some kind of Shakespeare play. No, let me let me look it up really quick. It's a. Uh, Oh, well, okay, so the first thing that comes up <laughs> when I Google Lion King based on is uh, Hamlet, which I, you know, I can see the story yeah. there. But there's, Except at there's, the end, everyone dies in Hamlet. <laughs> there's definitely um, some particular cartoon that uh, it's based on. Kimba. You know anything about Kimba? No, I don't know about Kimba. What is What is Kimba? Let me see here. Uh, frankly, I think... Uh, okay, wait. So, after the movie's release, talking about The Lion King, many were shocked by its similarities to a Japanese-created American television cartoon series called Kimba the White Lion. Just huh. look up. Just look up really quick. Yeah. Just look. So, just so Disney Kimba. ripped off. Disney ripped off an anime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, just just <laughs> Google Kimba real quick and just yeah, take a look. I'm I'm looking at the the Wikipedia right now. Um, yeah. The Lion King controversy. Ooh. And I, I don't know too much about that topic because uh, I just remember I'd, I'd seen, I want to say it was like a Vox video or something about something about the Kimba being the source material of basically yeah. most of the Lion King. 
I mean, that, that honestly wouldn't surprise me. I mean, um, actually, no, there, I, I did see another Disney movie last month, Lilo and Stitch. That that, that one's an original. I'm I love sure, right. I loved Lilo and Stitch when I was a kid, and I love it now. Lilo and Stitch it, is definitely one of my favorites. I was surprised by how how much edgier it was than other Disney movies, and I, I instantly liked it. Yeah. So, do you feel, in some re- in some respect, either in a positive or negative way, that Disney has impacted you as an animator? No, not really. Um, <laughs> if if um, maybe it might have impacted other people that I'm, I've enjoyed most definitely, but it, not personally, not really. Um, what really got me in animation, I'm, I'm thinking we can transition into modern times. And that was sure. other people animating, like independent animators, people right. on sites like Newgrounds and YouTube. Yeah, them doing animations kind of makes it feel more accessible because when you're watching a Disney movie you know that like a thousand people worked on it sure um, took millions of dollars and so I mean you watch it and you're like yeah there's no way but you, you watch something on Newgrounds even if it's like like a really crappily drawn and animated and voice everything about it's crappy but they were able to make it and they and they posted it on it and yeah. um, it just it makes the whole medium of animation that was once so you you, you couldn't animate with just by yourself it was impossible unless you had years of time on your hands but um now you 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 got you can download flash 8 like i did for free and just draw yeah you know uh that's actually one thing i wanted to talk about in particular was um very early on i'd like to think that i i don't steal too much from them in a sense but very early on i was introduced to i was probably about seven eight years old i was introduced to um ed's world and i don't think that i would have ever started animating if i hadn't yeah. watched ed's world and ed's i watched world, ed's world i think lot. that was it for me um i i had watched new grounds for a couple years i liked i liked animations but i didn't know i was kind of on the fence about it you know i, I tried drawing but i can't draw the most art education I got was in elementary school, and I hated it, so I haven't taken any other art classes. So I would draw something, it'd be shit, and I'm like, ah, forget it. But I saw Ed's World, and somehow it just it, it gave me the motivation to try again, and I kept going from there. And you know, it's interesting now, because I use Newgrounds very frequently, every single day of my life. And I'm frequently, like, just under, in the under-judgment section, and um, in doing that... I see a lot of cartoons that I wouldn't have otherwise seen, but I gotta say, probably something around 10-15% of all of the small animations that I see in the Under Judgment section are directly influenced by the art style of Ed's World. And it's very clear to see, you know, they'll have the, the round heads, they'll have the sweaters, yeah. uh, the colored I've sweaters. I've seen people just reanimate scenes, like, oh, directly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. weird. I mean, Ed's World and has I mean, a I very... Re- very intense cult following, and yeah, I can understand I, I, I why. I rewatched the episodes. I rewatched the episodes recently, and I, I was like, "Okay, these are all right." I don't remember what it was at the time because I was a little—I was like 16 when I finally found out about this show, and I—I I, I couldn't figure out what it was. But I mean, it—it it does. Ed's World really does. It—it it sparks with people on some level, and it's—it's um, it's crazy. I know, uh, what's-his-face, Matt Hargies is, he's got the, uh, I probably mispronounced his name there. I probably sound like an idiot, oh no. 
But uh, I know he has uh, the show now after Tom left, and people are all ticked off because he hasn't done anything with it. Well, I think they concluded it. No, because a- Matt keeps saying that he's going to reanimate the show. He says he's got ideas going, and he's got he's going to give control over to Ed's family eventually. And he keeps uh-huh. saying he's going to make new episodes. Like last year, he said he was going to make new episodes in January. And it's been a year later, and there's been nothing. So, huh. yeah, I'm so not see, really I, the, holding my I, I, I very distinctly recall there being some big conclusion. I think it was even like a multi-part conclusion. Yeah, um, it had a Tord come back, and uh, he yeah, was a bad yeah. guy. and Yeah. Yeah. And there's like the giant mechs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess that's kind of where I left off and I had kind of just assumed at that point that Ed's world was going to be done um, yeah, but you know, you, since you brought him up moving on from that the work that Tom did after Ed's world and even you know somewhat in between Ed's world I think influenced me a lot as well uh, I gotta I gotta admit when I was doing my my entry for one of the summer jams the um, future problems one I was definitely thinking that I wanted to do it in a somewhat uh Astiff movie kind of way, so. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I grew up on Astiff movie, and I'm, I'm sure, like, a bunch of other people have as well, and I mean, people are still growing up on Astiff movie, just because it's that kind of humor that you have when you're when you're in sixth grade, the the little random kind of thing, and, sure. it, and it works, it actually, it, it, <laughs> it really develops your sense of humor, it, it's, it's really well, well, well put together. But and it's it's very minimalistically animated too, which is what makes it kind of inspirational in the same way yeah. that you were talking about before. That and um, Laser Collection, those those two were, I mean, they're basically like the same exact thing. They they got yeah, the right. exact same kind of humor, the right. same static transitions. Except Laser Collection just has every skit end with uh, someone yelling "bra" and laser come out. Right. <laughs> you know he took those down. Dom Farrow actually took down the Laser Collections from his channel. I did not know that. He did. Oh, uh, I have another person that I'd love to talk about, if you're if you're willing, since we're talking about internet animators. Yeah. I love Neil Ciceriga. Neil Ciceriga. He made uh, you know, Pot- I, I, Puppet Pals. He made Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny. He made, I want to say, two albums exclusively containing uh, <laughs> all-star <laughs> remixes. Uh <laughs> One of my favorite things he ever made is this thing called um, What's Dylan Grillin? Oh, yeah. I'm grilling nothing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Bob Dylan is grilling nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Neil Sestriga. I wouldn't necessarily call him an animator. Actually, did you know, like, when he was 16, he created a whole, like, genre of flash animation called Animutation. And it was all, like, just Japanese songs, and the Flash was all random em- uh, images of like Mr. Bean, JJ the Jet Plane, Mr. B- uh, Pee Wee Herman, and Colin Mockery. It was just like random, but it gained like a following. And this was like in 2001, and he actually created like a weird kind of Flash animation movement. And he was like 16 at the time. Yeah, I mean, see, while we're talking about innovation within animation, I think he's always done that. I mean, everything I've he's done, I feel like, is majorly innovative. I mean, certainly he wasn't the first person to uh, make puppet animations, but I yeah. mean, he he made it big on the internet. You know what I mean? It, and it is really weird how much he is a, a major force on the internet. It, it, yeah, he's like and the and invisible and hand. 
and he's, a lot of people don't realize it. Yeah. started the Shrek meme. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm absolutely positive he single-handedly started the Shrek meme, got the ball rolling up until the uh, the new Shrek retold, which you were a part of, weren't you? I was, yeah. That's in, awesome. in a very small sense. Um, but I do have an IMDb page because of it now, which is hilarious. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Yeah, no, I just did some background work for Columbo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane, like, how much how much work went into that. I love it. And it's got some of my favorite people in it. It's got um, David Liebhart. It's got Chris Chan. It's got Sad World. I, I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a pretty pretty interesting project. The internet does some some fascinating things sometimes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Any with other... that, uh, let's transition into animation today because I mean all, all these animations that we're talking about were really Are big still. in late 2000s early right. 2010s but the animation style has definitely changed just within the last five or so years how so um, you got like people like the odd ones out and they're the huge animating force on YouTube even though they're kind of just minimally animating they, they draw people and then move hand and that's about it but they, they've gathered millions of subscribers and that kind of thing and um, animations like we used to know just aren't that big anymore at least not on YouTube um, there's still like uh, High Five and uh, ADHD and they still do some stuff that's in a very similar vein to the kind of humor and and absurdity that was present in a lot of the cartoons we were just talking about and they're they're both still around yeah, I mean, and that is awesome. I, I know there are people out there that are still doing that kind of stuff, but at least in terms of, of popularity, they, they aren't getting the attention that they used to get. So what are, what are some other examples? Like, how else do you feel that internet animation has changed? Um, well, I mean, with YouTube, I, I think YouTube really screwed over animators just because they... they yeah. Because, um, you know, they have an algorithm that switches that figures out what people want to watch next that's why they have the whole autoplay section right. and they it seems to prefer videos that are about 10 minutes or longer in length yeah and you know most animations if an animation takes is 10 minutes that takes forever to make and most mm -hmm. channels can't keep up with that unless right. you're doing like um sign end and happiness did and they make um compilations of the like two minute shorts that they make every yeah. few months or so and those get a lot of views right yeah you know i gotta i just want to add one little side tangent about the youtube recommendations and autoplay for me i find it consistently recommends me videos that i've already seen and it knows <laughs> that i've already seen them and it kind of gets me trapped in bubbles like in order for me to find content i have to go out and find it manually which is yeah. sometimes hard to do when you don't know what you're looking for and so Anyway, what you were saying yeah, in about... Sh in short, YouTube recommendations really just suck. They yeah. really do. Yeah. They, 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 it seems like a lot of videos just appear for no reason. Like, I had the um, the TEDx, I was almost a school shooter in my recommendations for, like, months. And I don't... <laughs> like, is this saying something about me? What, what is this? <laughs> and uh, But, I mean, like, other people were getting it, and they're recommended as well. And it's really weird, the kind of stuff YouTube's trying to push on people. Yeah. But um, uh, and, a really good place to look for new YouTube videos, and this is for you or anyone else that wants to look 
for good content. There's a subreddit on reddit.com called Deep Into YouTube, and it's just people that find really weird and trippy videos. That's how I found out about um, Sad World, Noah Monk's project, and I think actually it grew from there. Um, people found his stuff on Deep Into YouTube and like other subreddits, and that now he's. How many subscribers has he got? I think he's got like a quarter of a million now. Let me check. I don't know. But uh, I am familiar with uh, Deep Into YouTube, also somewhat similar, um, although not necessarily as great for, for finding content creators so much as it is great for just finding snippets of beauty on the internet is uh, YouTube Haiku, which is just a subreddit dedicated to finding little several second long videos that are poetic, <laughs> as they say. Oh, he's got 125,000. That, that was my bad. 125 million. 125 million. That, that'd be beautiful if he had 125 million. <laughs> Ugh, so so, so um, what, do you, what do you think about the future of internet animation? Where is it going? You know, I really don't know. I, I'm glad that places like Newgrounds are getting the new attention after Tumblr banned all those users and I'm glad yeah, so that I was just about to say the future of animation is is actually the past of animation I think Newgrounds I mean first of all Newgrounds is demonstrably having a resurgence right now in the sense that uh, last I checked Newgrounds currently has more supporters than they ever have before that's awesome that really is fantastic um yeah no I think Newgrounds is going to be a place where the new thing's going to happen. It really, it really is. Um, YouTube is definitely not going to be it. They're more focused on getting all the polished vloggers and family-safe entertainment kind of stuff, so that advertisers won't leave the site again. Right. Uh, that YouTube rewind. Did, did you see the new re YouTube rewind? Of course, of course. The Left most disliked video of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> But as far as Newgrounds goes, um, I would expect that it's going to just continue rising. Because I think, I think at some point, artists on the internet will, you know, collectively, and, and I think it's happening now, will realize that YouTube just isn't for everyone. As much as YouTube wants to be for everyone, and as much as it was for a while, uh, it's, yeah. just not, it's just not that way anymore. And Newgrounds is. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, that's their slogan. Everything so, by everyone, yeah. You're exactly. right. Um, um, and I, I think recent events that YouTube has pulled, like the YouTube Rewind and um, the whole... Did you hear about Monkey Jones and how his channel got shut down? No. And then he tried to make a second channel, and then that got shut down, even though he only had, like, two videos on that. And Monkey Jones makes kind of slightly edgier content. Like, he, most of his videos are joking about uh, Elliot Rogers kind of thing. Okay. But in a way, it's a kind of, like make sure no one else does like the kind of crap that he pulled kind of stuff sure but yeah youtube like full out just blocked him from their platform and he had like he had a good amount of subscribers you know that's a uh, one thing that i have been thinking about for a long time is what it would be like and if they have the capacity to do this if newgrounds had a film portal and the way that I imagine it is not so much uh, videos in the vein of, of uh, you know, Let's Plays or, like, 
unboxing videos or vloggers or that kind of thing, but, you know, film in a sort of artistic sense. Um, you know, just small filmmakers who don't find that they have any success on YouTube, but would like the artistic community that Newgrounds has. Because the thing is, even though Newgrounds technically allows live action in the Flash portal, or in the movie portal, it um, is generally frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've noticed. Um, I, I think at, when Newgrounds first started, because it was only one of the first video platforms on the internet, so it did have several uh, live-action videos, most notably the Numa Numa video, which Tom had to take down a couple years ago. But it was, right. at one point, the most viewed video on their website. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is I know that they had somebody early on, I can't recall the person's name at the moment, but it was uh, just somebody who did movie reviews. And that's not really Flash oh. animation, but... You know, but it was allowed, and it was even popular on Newgrounds. Yeah. So, but then YouTube came, and basically that gave them no excuse to do live action. Um, yeah. But I have noticed uh, recently that I mean, a couple of live actions do sneak in. Usually, they're combined with some kind of animation and stuff. Well, right, that's like, like um, the work that Polywall and 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 uh, Barfbart do, which is is you know they incorporate a lot of live action footage, but just enough animation that that you know Newgrounds I mean most of Newgrounds is still kind of like too much live action but yeah <laughs> uh, you know just enough that they can kind of fly under that at, under that bar I think that that is awesome I think that's awesome how they're getting away with that and and maybe eventually if because if, Newgrounds is getting bigger and if more people do deter from from YouTube maybe maybe that'll happen I don't know I mean it's amazing the kind of changes that Tom's already implemented onto the website just in the past couple months alone. Yeah, the, the last couple months has been huge. The n new redesign, the additional tags, all that stuff. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah, it really is. Newgrounds is just getting better all the time. And in my in my view, I do notice that a lot of people on the forums, people who've been around for a long time, like the early two thousands, a lot of those people are are complaining about the changes. But I almost feel like a lot of that can be reduced to my secret club is becoming more user-friendly and I don't like that. Yeah, um, no, it, it is, I think that's probably a very good uh, point is that the bigger that Newgrounds is going to get, the more unhappy some of the, the longer, older time users are going to get um, more unhappy. But, uh, but I mean, see, at one I, point, Newgrounds was huge. It was it was one of, the, one of the biggest sites. Well, maybe that might be an overstatement, but I mean, it was a very popular site and I'd like I'd like to see it get there again. I would too. I and I and I like to see where it's going. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I definitely I my heart was filled with joy when I heard that there are currently more supporters than ever before. Um, I, I just I think that's awesome. And, and you know, I know a lot of people are um, scared in some ways. Uh, some people that I've talked to have said that they're worried about because so many people are coming in. It might mean that their submissions will get lower scores or there will be more competition. But frankly, I think those things are great. I think those are all universally good things. Um, yeah. Just, I, despite... I remember when the, the Tumblr users came in for like the at first week, the under judgment was nothing but like adult animations. Yep. Which all, all of it. I was all like, all right. I took a screenshot of uh, the biggest underjudgment section that I've ever seen in all my time on Newgrounds, and I've been there since like 2012. Um, the biggest underjudgment section I've ever seen, and I think there were only two not A-rated submissions. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's 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 hilarious. But I mean, that is awesome, and I mean, it has definitely gone down. It's it's dwindled down to yeah, a more it's... reasonable thing. And I mean, that's that's good. That's that's probably what should have happened. Is that you know you get the big blast, but then, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, then it just kind of settles in, and and yeah. the thing is, I do still feel like there are, generally speaking, at least within the 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 movie portal. I haven't noticed this so much in the games portal, but at least in the movie portal, there are more submissions on a given day than I remember there being a couple months ago. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what Tom's got in store and what everyone else on Newgrounds has got in store. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, Tom Fulp, it- we love you. We do. We really do. Don't ever, don't ever let anyone else tell you otherwise. So, what's next? Got anything, uh... Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm working on a, on a new Lipheads animation. Okay, um, good. I, I wanted to get it out by tomorrow, but that's probably not going to happen um, at this rate. I gotta... I gotta juggle animating work and then crappy, slightly higher than minimum wage work alongside uh, everything else work. So, but um, it's coming along really well. I'm, it's it's the best one yet. It's gonna be interesting. That's that's interesting that you say that because I feel like every single time it's the best one yet. Because the first yeah. one was amazing, and then the second one I was just in awe. The third one's gotta wonderful musical number <laughs> so I'm excited to see what you've got yeah no I, I made it um, a definite mission of mine this year to make lip heads into something because I, I mean they're among the only things I can draw because I can trace over my own lips and um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I do it I trace my lips that's amazing. But, uh, I mean, I, mean I, I enjoy making them. Other people enjoy seeing them. And so I'm going to stick with it for for a while and see where it goes. Yeah, cool. That's exciting. I'm yeah. glad you're doing it. What, what have you got in, in, in your pocket, in your sleeve? Um, I'm... I did mention this to you the other day. I'm pretty much all in on Flood End Stream Season 2 right now. I've got yeah. two, two clips completed for the first episode that comes out on February 23rd. And I'm working on my main clip for it, which is also going to serve as the intro and all the transitions. And that's going to be a pretty pretty large undertaking that's going to take me probably a number of weeks just to finish that up. But I want to get started on my clips for the next couple episodes after that, uh, before we even put out the first episode, if I can. Because if I'm, you know, very ahead of schedule, that means that my work is going to be better, it's going to be less rushed, uh, and it's also going to give me time to work on other things too. I do have um, some pretty loose ideas that I've started work on, but frankly, they're probably just going to end up in Flowdown Stream episodes. Like, I don't know how much content I'm going to be putting out that's not Flowdown Stream related for the foreseeable future. That that is awesome. Um, I mean, just in general, this, this whole collective is is a very awesome thing just because we it's it's cool how we all inspire one another and yeah, try to really. up up one another but in a, in a good way in a good friendly competition kind of way right yeah uh well i'm I feel like i'm fresh out like, of words yeah i feel like we've uh we've come to a good conclusion there
Yeah. We've covered quite a bit. We talked about the origins of animation and kind of briefly jumped around through time into into the early internet era animation and then modern animation. Um, I do think that there's probably more to talk about as far as current animation goes, but we'll probably save that for another day. Yep. Um, so I think uh, we've been recording for about... What do you got? Have you got 40, uh, 40 44 minutes. minutes or so? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I recorded a couple minutes before we started, so I got to count that in. But, yeah. uh... That seems right. pretty good to me. So yeah. I guess we've I guess we've got an idea of kind of what the format is. Yep. So and uh, uh, thank you guys for listening to uh, this first episode of a couple of crickets. Uh, we hope to see you guys next week, and um, you know have a good week. Just just enjoy yourself. You know, go go to that store, uh, get that toy you want in the window, buy it, and and just have fun. You know. Who puts toys in the window? There are. There are many toys in the window. Okay. All right. Well, thank you and goodbye.